and welcome back to Music Free Static. I hope you're having a fabulous day today. And today, I want to talk about something that's sort of been on my mind a lot, actually, over the last <laughs> couple of years, and that's grief. <laughs> and I know it's something to laugh at, grief. Um, grief and... Actually, more than that, I wanted to talk about my dad. So as I'm recording this, um, today would have been his birthday. But as many of you know, my dad died a couple of years ago uh, from COVID. And his death crushed me. I mean, seriously, I was in a really, really bad space. Um, it was... You know, there were there are days, or there were days, um, when I would, <clears throat> where I would end up sort of just on the the floor of my living room or my dining room, just sitting there, as all I could sort of feel and see was sort of the just the the dark weight of grief and depression and all of that. And it was, it was tough. Okay, it was, it was a really hard thing. Because my dad was, he was my biggest supporter. He was my best friend. Um, and I, I loved him greatly. You know, and then, you know, when my mom died six months later, well, her death was a little bit more expected and less of a surprise than my dad's was. It was just one more layer of of loss, right? And it took it took me a long time to sort of get to a point where, well, where I am now, where I'm basically fully functional again for the most part. But uh, it was it was hard, and it took. It wasn't something I, I was able to do on my own. I had, I've spent the last year um, seeing a therapist because mental health is important, y'all. Okay. For the most part, we heal, right? Same with uh, any physical things. You get a cut, you, you know, you get scrapes, you get bumps and bruises, you heal. But when you get a serious injury, a serious trauma, you go to a doctor. Well, I had a serious trauma to my mental health, and I went to a therapist. And I'm not completely through everything yet, because I also have a bunch of other issues I'm working through, which I've needed to work through for a while. But for the most part, I'm... I'm going to say... I, I, I'm not going to say I'm just over the grief. I still miss my dad. I miss my mom too, but I said my dad, I, I was closer to my dad than my mom. And I miss him a lot. But it's gotten to a point where now I can sort of, I can think about that and I can think about those times where it's not so much a feeling of loss and pain as as much as it's a feeling of 
uh, feeling that I, I miss him, but I also can celebrate what I loved about him, right? A couple, was it, I don't know, it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, I finally sat down and watched a couple of videos that he had recorded that were him telling some of his police stories. Now, my dad was a cop for 31 years, and a lot of times we were, as I was growing up, he'd get home from work and he'd he'd be changing out of his um, uniform and his all of his gear we'd talk and he'd tell me a lot of his police stories while while we talked and as we were talking about it later he says part of it was a way just for me for him to put me at ease about his job because being a cop is a dangerous profession and i didn't realize it at the time as I'm hearing these stories as a kid, all the messed up stuff that he had to deal with, <laughs> right? Um, because he he was a street cop in a part in a rough part of Denver, and it's he ended up dealing with some really serious garbage. Um, you know, you know, he dealt with rapes and he dealt with murders and he dealt with theft of everything you know <laughs> he told a story once about a a guy whose lawnmower had been stolen and he he and his his rookie partner rolled up see my dad was a, a training officer so when they got when they had new cops and new rookies coming out of the academy they put them with a training officer for a while to help them learn on the job because there's some things you just can't learn in the academy, you actually have to be on the street to see it. And they want to teach the cops how to, or and see how they react to what actually happens on the street. Okay, makes sense. So dad was on this call dealing with a lawnmower that had been stolen, and his. They get the report and they talk to, you know, they talk to the owner, and when they're done, he turns to his rookie. He says, "Hey, you want to go find this?" And she was like shocked, it's like, wait, we can do that? So yeah, we're we're cops. This is we're police. This is what we do. We're not just secretaries. So they went and he they found um the tracks of the lawnmower. See, it was it had been fairly rainy in Denver in that that time. And the alleys in Denver are sloped towards the middle, where all the drainage happens, right? Well, the whoever had stolen the lawnmower was pushing it down the alley and the lawnmower kept sliding or r- turning in down the slope of the the um, alley into all the muck that was in the middle. And so the, p- the person would then steer it back out and would just leave this <laughs> track, right? You, you could follow the tracks of the lawnmower as it kept going in and out of this, uh, this muck in the middle. And they followed it for a while and found it, found the guy who was using it to mow somebody's lawn because he had a, uh, I guess he had a lawn mowing business or a yard care business and his lawnmower had died. And so he stole somebody else's so he could get his job done. Maybe not the best approach, but this was, you know, he, you know, he told me stories like that. He told me 
stories, some of them were were some of them were gruesome, straight up, uh, because he dealt with some gruesome stuff. But it was he, he waited till I was a little older for those. But it was a way of helping me understand what he had to deal with, so that I I wasn't quite as uh, I'd say afraid. I said as a little kid. And that didn't stop things, stop, stop the fear. I mean, there were a couple of times when I was in high school when he was two or three hours late from work, and I kept wondering if the next phone call was going to be the police department saying that he wasn't coming home, right? Because, you know, rough part of Denver. So, but the, that was so much of what I I remember of him. And I remember how much he loved and cared for me and my kids and how much he encouraged them and their their different interests and pursuits and you know I just it, you know it, I I miss him right and yeah it's but it was weird I said it was a couple of weeks ago and I hit this point. It's like, okay. And it was not long after this, the anniversary of his death. He died in October, mid-October. And he, um, well, I was, I had been thinking about him. I said, all right, let me go watch these videos. And it was great to be able to watch them without that crushing grief that I had so often. And it's great to be through it. Like I said, not to say I I'm don't miss him. And it's not to say that, you know, I, I would rather him still be alive. You know, because, I, I, man, I would love, I really would wish he were still alive. Because there's so much going on that I would, you know, with my kids and stuff that I would love him to be able to be a part of. But as it is, you know, being able to get a handle on that and realize that, okay, his life ended, my di mine didn't. And it seems really hard to say, right? You put it put it in that, that term, and that's just really hard. But I'm, for me, I feel like I'm, I'm actually getting back, I'm, I'm coming back out of the darkness, back into the light of life. And that's, it's it's weird in some ways, right? It's like when you get so used to hurting that when you stop hurting, it, you're not quite sure what to make of it, right? So, <laughs> right, I'm sure we've all had those days. We've had a, a we've had a, a twisted ankle or broken leg or, a, you know, bruises or, you know, migraines that, last days you know and when you finally stop when you heal and you realize oh wait i could take a step and it doesn't hurt you know i i could move my arm and, and wait there's no pain here wake up and it's like oh this is what it's like to see things without pain that's kind of where i'm at in that emotional 
thing. And, you know, because his death was, was a trauma. It was a traumatic experience. And it takes time to heal. And I, and I finally feel like I've healed. Yeah. Yes, I miss him. There's, there is still that hole in my life. But it's not that, that dark, painful hole that I was, uh, that I've been dealing with for the last two years. Now, I wish I could say that I had some great advice. As, oh, yeah, if you're dealing with grief, just do this. If you watch Music Free Gaming every week on YouTube and join the streams, you'll have no problems with grief. Of course not. That's not going to work. As, off, as awesome as my streams and, and videos and stuff are, they're not going to be the... They're not going to instantly snap you out of your depression. But that's not to say that remembering to enjoy the things you enjoy isn't going to help. Because I think it can. But it, But sometimes, you know, all you can do is take a moment and realize this is where I am now. Right, you can do that next step. Say, because I said there were days where I said all I could do. So it, it it really was all I could do to get up and go to work. You know, those times when I could stream were some of those bright points in my life during that time. Because I what I love it. I love streaming. I love interacting with the community and people who are, you know, watching the stream. I like performing. I, you know, I, I had signed up for an improv class, which, uh, yeah, I, I, I signed up for it before my dad died. I was like, oh yeah, we're coming out of COVID. Um, we're having in-person classes at the university again. I've been wanting to do this anyway. Let me go, you know, t- take this club in, let me go take this improv class. And then dad died. Okay, so we had a lot to take care of. You know, he died in October. Classes didn't start until January. But it's like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and continue this class. So I took the class and I've, I've talked about it before. Improv is huge amounts of fun. Okay, I love improv. I love watching it. I love performing in it. Um, it's one of the more fun things I've ever done in my life. And, you know, there were some days I'd come out of improv class or out of rehearsals. And it's like, I don't know what just happened, but that was the, the weirdest, zaniest, most awesome thing I've, I've seen in a long time. <laughs> you know, where it's all I could do to keep from smiling and laughing for the next two or three days because of everything that went on. And I, and after the class ended, of course it was summer, but the next semester, I went to the open rehearsals that they had for, for uh, the improv troupe. Because it's a university, sure, they've got their troupe of improvisers for their, their student-run troop but 
anyone in the, in the theater department or actually anyone in the campus community who wants to come and work on their improv skills and things like that is welcome. So I said, hey, what the heck? I'll come too. And yeah, and I went, did the rehearsals. Um, I performed with them a couple of times. It was It was all sorts of fun. And that helped, right? That helped me get through some of those dark days. But I said a, a year after he died, I'm just, you know, I've, I've improv classes done. I've done a semester with the troupe, but so there are days where it's just like, no, I can't, I can't. I can't. I know there's nothing more I can do. I just can't. And yeah, finally I said, all right. You know, after talking with my wife, it's just, you know, maybe you really do need to go see a therapist and deal with this. I said, okay, you're right. I do. And I've been sort of thinking along the same lines anyway. So, you know, it worked out well. And yeah, I found a, found a good therapist and we've been we've been making good progress since and really it's one of those things that we hadn't gotten to you know we've we've been working through a lot of things right because I I have a lot of baggage in my life that kind of sucks and this sort of just brought everything out but I could sort of deal with a lot of what I had. I mean, I have, right? I've, you know, I've, I've got a lot of, not a lot of stuff in my life that was just messy, right? I was, I was bullied as a kid, which, you know, isn't that unusual. And I didn't have it as bad as a lot of kids do. Um, but between that and, you know, my parents were divorced and they hated each other. It wasn't like you get some of those those parents who divorce and, oh, yeah, they're still friends and they talk and, you know, no, my, my parents could barely be in the same room together. I have a, a picture from my wedding that shows my parents to, smiling in the same room. So I know it can happen. But we had to be sure not to put my parents next to each other or my wife's parents next to each other. So we we had to split the split things a little bit at some points, but it was it was just one of those things like it it messed it messed me up. <laughs> so now as I'm I'm older, right? I would, I'm now in my my mid 40s, right? I I'm well past the time when I have to worry about classmates bullying me, right? Oh yeah, there are still people who are jerks. Um, you know, I, I'm still deleting comments off of YouTube and Instagram and all that stuff of people who are just jerks. But now I'm, I'm working through that. But all of that sort of intermittent depression that and weirdness that came from all of that my, the social anxieties I have that came from, you know, the, the, my school environment as much as anything else just got blasted when my dad died. 
because now I am just not I, I don't have just that little bit of depression. Now I'm just buried under it, right? And you know, I, I I've always felt sort of stoic, right? I'm not the type typically that gets too emotionally bounced around by things that go on in my life. But, you know, things happen. It's like, okay, I can be calm and I can be chill and we can deal with this. When dad died, it took all of that from me. It's like, so if I felt like I was no longer standing on solid ground. I was just lost in a sea of darkness and depression. And I know a lot of you have go through that, and I'm sure there are some of you who have never been in that situation. And, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't wish that on anybody. But, yeah, it, it was uh, so hard to work through, and it took so long. But I held on to those things that I believe are, are important to me. And in a lot of ways... Over the last couple of years, especially in this last year, I've been rebuilding myself. I've been, I've been trying to rebuild who I am. In some ways, you hear about the the phrase "I'm picking up the pieces of a of my life." It's not actually that's not a bad analogy, but not so much picking up the pieces as much as reevaluating and rebuilding what I actually know and believe. And, you know, there are some things that I I know, right? I know that I love my family, okay? I know that my wife loves me, right? Th these are some, some of the basics. I know that my heavenly father loves me, right? And that, that's... I've I've definitely been in times in my life where I wasn't sure, and I, but I had had experiences that say no, this is true, and now here it is a couple years after that, and it's like oh man, I needed that experience because I really leaning on that knowledge, because when you're in the grip of depression, it strips away everything from you. All of your loves, all of your desires, all of everything. When you hit that dark, crushing depression, it strips all of that from you. And so having those things that I could hold on to, it's like no matter what else I know, I know that my Father in Heaven, I know that God loves me, I know my wife loves me, and I know I love my family. And let's go from there. And as I've rebuilt, okay, I have certain beliefs, right? You know, my, my, <laughs> obviously my belief in God and in Jesus Christ and all that stuff is is there. And I've as I've looked at it again with a new eye, it's like yes, I do actually believe this. And but I've also taken a better look at it. It's like yes, I believe that this got the gospel is true. 
and I believe that the people living the gospel are not perfect. <laughs> right? That's sort of an axiom, right? Nobody is perfect, but looking at again, it's like, okay, the people who are living the gospel are not perfect. And being more accepting of their imperfections. Right? That was a weirdly hard thing to to deal with, right? Should be a <laughs> basic thing. It's like, yeah, people aren't people aren't perfect, they make mistakes. Love them anyway. Right? It doesn't matter if you're religious or not. That's just a good tenet to live by. People are are flawed and they're gonna make mistakes. And you don't have to condone their mistakes, but you don't necessarily have to um hate them for their mistakes, right? So, so you're right. There's there's that streaming, right? It's always been a it's been a constant throughout this whole thing, even though I for a long time I had to cancel my Saturday streams and only stream Tuesday and Thursday because I was spending so much time dealing with my dad's house um, and trying to get that cleaned out and all that stuff, but. Streaming is something I came back to, and this is something that I learned as I continued doing improv, was that I like to perform. And it's one of the things I like about streaming, is I like the, I like the performance, but I like the interaction. Not so much that I want to be so, a social extrovert type, but it's something that I really, really enjoy. And so, you know, that's that, that's why I kept streaming. Yes, I had to take time off from streaming to handle various things, but this is why I kept doing it. This is why I keep doing it, right? Because it's something that I really enjoy and is, I feel is really good for, for me. And I hope all of you enjoy it too, but this is this is something I needed for me. Right. And, you know, going through, it's like, okay. And I'm, and I'm looking at, and I was reevaluating re my political beliefs. And it comes back to, yes, this is actually what I believe. And sort of reinforcing that to myself. It's like, yes, okay, no. Th these are, this is where I'm at. You know, I'm, I'm an individualist. I'm a libertarian. I'm, you know, I've, <laughs> this is where, where my belief, my core, is what my core beliefs are. And because of my core beliefs, what does that roll out to, right? And it's been a long process and I'm not done yet. And honestly, that's not something that I think I should ever be done with, right? But I think the main core of what I've had to deal with as I've worked through this over the last couple of years, especially now that I really feel like I'm getting out of that crushing darkness from, from the death of my parents, that now I'm actually in a much healthier place. And as I rebuild, it's like, okay, what's what's a good healthy place for me with all of this 
and it's been tremendous. I said, I've got a, a great therapist and she's been awesome. And I, if nothing else, for those of you who've managed to stick around this far to my discussions and, and my ramblings about my working through this grief over the last couple of years, I can say if you are dealing with some of these issues, if you're dealing with grief, you're dealing with depression, and if you're not already, find a therapist. Find a good therapist who can help you deal with that stuff. Because it's it's amazing how you can feel once you get through it. And assuming your your issues aren't stemming from a chemical issue or something just crosswired in your brain, you can come out of it and just be as great as anybody. And if it is caused by something else, then your therapist can still help you with that. And yes, maybe you need to take medication to deal with it, but you can deal with it and you can heal. And there is light and there is joy and there is beauty in the world. And you are part of it. And boy, that was so hard for me to understand. Um, because for, for a long time, even prior to dad's death, I did not feel that. And I'm feeling feeling that more and more. And I know that everyone has that, that spark of, of life and beauty. And, you know, in the church, we, refer, we tend to refer to it as the light of Christ. But even if you're, I said, even if you're, you're not Christian, you are still a, a person. You are still an, an individual with a beauty and a, a bit of awesomeness and amazement, all of your own. And I'm not kidding when I tell you all that you are awesome and amazing. And I'm so grateful for all of you. And on that note, be excellent to each other. I say that a lot. It's a, it's a, it's a joke. I mean, I'm quoting from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, but it is truly some of the best advice I've ever heard. Be excellent to each other. And until next time, this is Music Free Static signing off.